This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's a three-week preseason as opposed to a four. We do have the bye week afterwards, but I think... As we continue, it's a matter of a little bit of repetition now. So we wanted him to earn it, as we do with every position. We felt he has after the last uh, nice performance. was It was good, obviously not great, but we you know, didn't run the ball very well. But I kind of in my mind had that as a, after the second preseason that we kind of have to, to get someone ready to play in three weeks. This is BetQL Daily, presented by FanDuel Sportsbook with the Joes, Joe Ostrowski and Joe Giglio from BetQL. Thanks, Herb. We were all on the edge of our seat when you were going to announce Trevor Lawrence, your week one starter. Yeah, we get it. Uh, we are on Twitter at BetQL Daily. I'm at Joe0670. That's where people attack me when you, they don't like what Joe G or Jake Hassan has to say. And uh, Joe G is at Joe Giglio Sports. That's where you can find him. Uh, no surprise there. Trevor Lawrence is your starting quarterback. I wouldn't say I'm surprised, but I thought it was uh, I thought it was interesting, interesting, because with most of these uh, quarterback announcements, that um, once you name your starter, that means they're not going to start the preseason finale. But that is not the case with Trevor Lawrence. He's going to start the preseason finale uh, Saturday at Dallas. Yeah, I think we have to get used to Urban Meyer's going to do things differently. You know, yeah. he, this, he's doing it his way. He's building a program. I, I am not as down yet on Urban Meyer as a lot of people. I, I think this is going to – my mind hasn't changed. Like, I don't think it's going to be a five-year thing. But I also think he could have some success. I don't think it's going to be oh, he goes 1-16 and 16 and is lapped out of the NFL. But no. he's going to do things his way. I mean, this he's not following – like, there's no pattern, right? Like, coordinators, they come from the other coach that we all know about, and they kind of follow that guy's blueprint, right? There's so many Andy Reid disciples. You see it in Chicago and Matt Nagy, Andy Reid disciple. We're doing it the Andy Reid way. What's the What's the – Urban Meyer way. It's his own way, right? I think he's almost, it's a collegiate kind of feel to this whole thing. And uh, nothing he's done so far this preseason surprised me because it's all new. It's, it's all his way. Wednesday afternoon, Vic Fangio finally makes the announcement. Neither of us are surprised. We were saying for weeks, it's going to be Teddy Bridgewater. What is the suspense here? They were holding on and Vic's like, oh, it's so close. It's so close. I don't know if he was trying to build up the third year quarterback, Drew Locke. Not quite sure if uh, that was the thinking there, but just, how Vic is, how he coaches, manages that team. We knew the guy that they brought in is to be the starter, to keep him around. Everything we say about this team, they are set up for success. They just need average quarterback play. Well, that's Teddy in a nutshell, right? I mean, with Drew Locke, you'll get the extremes, we think. It was extremely bad in 2020, and they're hoping in Denver – that uh, he he can be a high variance guy, which means that he has that Josh Allen type ceiling. But like it, it was obvious what they were going to do. They're lo- he's looking to save his job. He wants to squeak into the playoffs in a very difficult AFC. Best way to do that is to, is to play Teddy. Well, just think about their first two picks in this year's draft show. Think about it. They, instead of taking a quarterback, they take Patrick Sertain, a, a ready made corner to come into Vic Fangio's defense. And who's their second pick? 
Javante Williams a running back. Well, yeah. What are the Broncos going to do? Like, basically, the quarterback position is don't turn the ball over. A punt is as good as a first down here. Let's just let's get off the field. Let's let's. Can you see Vic Fangio in a press conference this season saying they, they flipped the field like that old, old 1995 way of thinking? Like, let's just flip the field, we'll punt it, and we'll pin them deep. That's the way they want to play. Locke doesn't fit that. This was always going to be Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, no question. Uh, when you see the list of quarterbacks since Peyton Manning, I know he won the Super Bowl. He was the quarterback there at the time. I don't think he won the Super Bowl. I mean, but he was the starting quarterback, so he has to get credit, and his name is Peyton Manning. I say too much credit is given to him uh, for that season because he isn't the reason they won, but the list of quarterbacks they just keep failing with. Like, I understand why Broncos fans are concerned. Um, I, The other thing yesterday, oh, John Elway decided this. John Elway, John Elway. Are people aware that uh, John had to fire himself? I, I, but I do wonder, does he have pull? Does he have more pull than anyone else in the organization right now? I still think he does. Uh, yeah. I mean, I would think day-to-day decisions, draft picks. Uh, George, George Patton, the new uh, general manager, came for the Vikings is the guy. But, I, but I'll tell you, Joe, it's been terrible. The Broncos' quarterback direction has been terrible. If not for Peyton Manning, John, o, John Elway would have been fired years ago. I mean, every quarterback been. decision they made for, for a decade other than Peyton Manning. And was that really a decision or was it like, hey, Peyton, please come here? And he's like, all right, I'll, I'll, go, I'll go to Denver. The crazy part is they could be rescued again in a year. If Aaron Rodgers ends up there, it's going to be Peyton all over again. With that team they have, those young players, that defense, couldn't you see Rodgers going there and the same thing happening like Peyton? They win again. Aaron Rodgers or Deshaun Watson? Right. Well, one of them. Like, yeah. It's like they had to get this get-out-of-jail-free card once every eight or nine years when they can't figure yeah. out quarterback. They, they should take it. They should take it. Like, it reminds me, uh, observing the Bears for my entire life, Drew Locke, Case Keenum, Joe, Fackle, Joe Flacco, Trevor Simeon, let's draft Paxton Lynch. Remember Brock Osweiler? Just horrendous, horrendous. Jeff Driscoll had to start ripping Brandon Allen. I mean, it's brutal. So it's, they all and so, But so bad. But so the, bad. Like the funniest thir- part is by far 32 in the league. All these the dudes. The funniest part is the division they play in, where the yeah. worst quarterback other than them is Derek Carr, who's a middle of the pack kind of quarterback. Now you have Justin Herbert and you have Patrick Mahomes. Mm. Like coinciding with the Broncos having no idea quarterback, the, the Chiefs found the, the best quarterback of this generation. I don't know why. I, I kept seeing people say, oh, maybe Trey Lance is gonna win the job. Maybe Trey Lance is gonna win the job. All you have to do is watch Jimmy Garoppolo for a moment at the podium and use just a hair of common sense. Kyle Shanahan says, yeah, I have a pretty good idea. Basically putting his middle finger to the media says, yeah, but I'm not telling you. Get out of here. What's the upside in telling you guys my starting quarterback? I mean, these are two completely different players. And and then Jimmy G, Jimmy G steps up there and he's laughing about it. He's laughing. About it. You think he's laughing? If he got benched for the rookie quarterback that hasn't played much football over the last few years, of course not. And just look at the playing time. Jimmy G has played in two series. That's how you handle your starting quarterback in the NFL in 2021. Yeah, and, and, the, and the experts we've had on this show, Brian Baldinger, Mike Lombardi, right? Odyssey, our NFL insiders. What have they said to us every time we've asked them? You see, the flash, you see the flash in Trey Lance, but he makes a lot of turnover-worthy plays. Like, he's making mistakes out there that when you turn on NFL, NFL Network, you're not seeing those mistakes. They're showing you the one touchdown pass that he made, not the four plays where he took a sack, nearly took a sack. He's just not ready. He's played one football game at North Dakota State in what? In, in two years? I mean, that, that's the extent of his playing time. 
There's no way he's ready. Will he take over if if uh, if Jimmy G gets hurt and play well? He certainly could with Shanahan. But for a team that wants to win the Super Bowl, Garoppolo, it just makes too much sense. They got to start with him. Are you talking about taking over in Week One or in the middle of the season? Well, if it look, let's have if it happens Week Six and Lance comes in and he looks good and plays well, I don't I don't know if they shoehorn Jimmy G back. But like if Jimmy G starts the year, which he will, plays well, doesn't get hurt. I don't think they're going to make a switch to make a switch. I think it's going to happen have to happen in the organic way. Where like when Alex Smith, where Alex Smith got a concussion, Kaepernick came in, Kaepernick never left. I think it'll be like mm-hmm. that. That's Joe Giglio. I'm Joe Ostrowski. You've got BetQL Daily on the BetQL Network. We're here weekdays, 9 a.m. to noon Eastern time. Uh, let's talk about these totals, and it's it's pretty interesting. So. Uh, much of the theme of the preseason has been unders, unders, unders. We'll see if that happens once again in week three. I think unders are 24 and nine uh, so far in the preseason. Ridiculous rate. Uh, so looking at the totals, man, they're high. They are high. So we've been saying, we were saying seven, six the other day. Now there's seven, seven totals that have crossed the 50 mark. Cleveland Casey. Dallas, Tampa, Seattle, Indy, Arizona, Tennessee, Baltimore, Vegas, Pittsburgh, Buffalo, which at one time was in the low 40s, and now uh, Green Bay, New Orleans as well. We've got seven games with totals in the 50s and only two games in the low 40s. Here's the one thing that jumped out to me, Joe. So I was taking a look. I'm like, okay, is, is this normal? Is this what we usually see? More scoring than we've ever seen before in the NFL and very low scoring preseason. Not that that matters a whole bunch. Nope. This is the exception to the rule. So I'm wondering, are they right about all these numbers in the 50s? I looked at the 2020 week one. How many games do you think uh, were in the 50s at close? Three? Four? Two. Two. Two games. I forgot. Thursday, first game was Houston. Houston was involved with Kansas City. Uh, So Houston, Kansas City was one of them. Cowboys, Rams was the other. 2019. We did have fans in stadiums. How many games? Uh, Week one, totals in the 50s. Two or three. Two. 2018, zero. Zero, two, two. Yeah. 2017, two. 2016, two. We've got seven, seven. Throw, let me throw this in there. Colts, yeah. Colts, Seahawks is 49 and a half. So we are, we're bumping right under. We're, we're, we're this close to half the league slate for week yeah. one being 50 or over. That's big. I, and I will say that the, looking back, there were some games, 49, 49 and a half in these previous seasons, but nowhere close to seven eight games sit we went from six to seven and maybe we're going to get to eight because people like to bet overs why is it justified well i think it's probably a combination of things right we probably have a it had part of this has to be the matchups right it just it has to coincide like what sure. one that we've talked about before it is a, it's not a matchup we see very often but titans cardinals week one that's the first one that jumped out to me. Just if before I saw the number, Joe, I, my mind said over, and then I looked at the total. I'm like, oh, that could that could actually go over. Who's stopping who in that game? That that's I think it's. I'd go. Part- I'd go under. What's the number again? Fifty three. Fifty one. Fifty one. I saw fifty one. But that looks like a high. That feels like a higher scoring game, right? Those two teams, offense, you know, the quarterback position, 
feels like those two teams are driven by their offense, especially especially the Titans. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying with Cleveland, Kansas City, Dallas, Tampa Bay, Green Bay, New Orleans. That makes sense. But, see, I, di- I didn't jump aboard with Houston, Tennessee right away, but maybe I'm a little too worried about the change at offensive coordinator with the Tennessee Titans. Uh, Seattle, Indy, is that a game that you're like, oh, high-scoring game, shootout. It's it's going to be 52-53. Uh, like, I, I don't think that should be in the 50s. Yeah, the other thing I, I thought of just – just quickly looking at the matchups, and it's not perfect across the board because Ben Roethlisberger's not in this class anymore. It, it Doesn't it feel like there's uh, an odd grouping of the top half of the league quarterbacks going up against each other? Dak and Tom Brady, if they're both healthy. Wentz but, and Russ. Yeah. <laughs> not, not that one. <laughs> Derek Carr, and they, that the offense for the Raiders is at least average to above average against Lamar Jackson. It, it feels like... Yeah. So I, I my feel, my read on this is it, it's more of a circumstantial thing rather than the you know we're about to have every okay. week we're going to have 50 it isn't a referendum on the state of football right i don't think so now if we get to week two if <laughs> the league is 50 or over we may have to rethink that okay um by the way it's uh it's finally happened we're getting some movement in these week one games that we've been talking about for weeks and weeks right here on betql daily did you notice that the green bay new orleans finally went to three in some places already have it at four and we were saying for a long time if you like the packers like we do bet it right now while it's inside of a field goal right now fandle sports books they're one of the spots that have a three but i did see some fours yesterday well they're baking in the Jameis winston pick six in the fourth quarter you, you, gotta, <laughs> you gotta put that in there that changes right. the equation uh some other movement so i didn't even notice this but all the legal sports books that you have in Pennsylvania that I have here in Illinois uh, still have the Bears as seven-point dogs against the Rams for Sunday night football. Okay, mm-hmm. no big deal there. Then I took a quick glance at the Vegas books. The consensus in Vegas is seven and a half. That's, you raise your eyebrows. That's big. When you're getting off one of those key numbers, three, seven, right, of course. to seven and a half, so I reached out to a couple of people out there. I'm like, wait, wait, what's going on here? All of a sudden, the consensus is out there. When did this happen? It happened on Saturday during the preseason game. They, they just moved. I'm like, was it, was it money? Was it the official announcement of Dalton? They're like, no, we, we all knew Dalton was going to start week one. That's been the expectation. Now you keep saying it. They were so disappointed. I guess disappointed is the way to put it. Or unenthused by that bear showing on Saturday against the Bills, a team that, that is, you know, in that upper echelon, that they moved the number off the seven to seven and a half. So you're saying Mitch Trubisky is still moving Bears lines? <laughs> like, that's what happened. They could the defense couldn't even stop Mitchell Trubisky. They don't have an offensive line, and now we know one hundred percent Andy Dalton's your quarterback. And don't you feel like when I, and I, I'm thinking about this game already, we, we talked about Survivor yesterday. Don't you feel McVeigh's gonna want to send a message with the new edition of Stafford? Like, if that game's within a touchdown in the fourth quarter, you think he's sitting on the ball or is he trying to score again? Like, I just I feel if it's a 10-point game, is he sitting on the ball or is he trying to score again? I just I, – I understand why it's moving. It feels like a bad spot for the Bears. It just feels like a bad spot. <laughs> Dalton, no you're line. laughing as you're saying it. So well, I mean, you, They're walking into a buzzsaw. Right now, would you lay uh, a touchdown? Yes. Would you lay seven and a half? I think I would. I think they're walking into a buzzsaw. Andy Dalton, Jason Peters, 
Aaron Donald. A full crowd, whatever that's worth. Yeah, not great. It's bad. Jason Peters. What is that? It's what cooked. Is that? Is what it Don't is. look at the Bears cornerbacks either. If Stafford wants to light it up, he should be able to. He should. All right. There are, there's a lot of value right now in the MLB awards market. That might surprise you. It's the last week of August. But there are some bombs that I think have a shot at cashing. We're going to talk about that next. It's Joe Ostrowski and Joe Giglio. Keep it locked on BetQL Daily, presented by Fandle Sportsbook.